So I was thinking I would just kick it off by saying sorry that we are late. <laughs> You're going to have to redo that. I guess you don't have to because I'm on my own thing. But I'm just over here going. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, I'll keep it. It's fine. But yeah, sorry <laughs> we are okay. late on this one. Life has been crazy. So we had to delay a week. Uh, but that's how life is sometimes. Yeah, that's how it be. That's how it be. Okay. Well, and we didn't get this game until like two yeah, days we before. Yeah, had, we had a, yeah. we did not have time, a ton of time to play it before we were supposed yeah. to have recorded. And then life things happened and yeah. So anyways, here we are. We're here. Welcome to Batty Breakdowns, <laughs> where we hang out, have fun, and play games all the way to the end. Today, we're going to be talking about Alan Wake 2. We'll give you the breakdown from its creation to its critical reception, and then we'll take you on a deep dive into the game as we share our own experiences and opinions while playing it. For this episode, we're just limiting it to the first parts of Alan Wake 2. We have not played the full thing quite yet. Uh, it just came out, so we just haven't had the time. What we're going to do is we're going to plan to do the part two in a later episode where we talk about the full ending, kind of like a spoiler-filled discussion. So yeah, with that, let's... Oh no, I don't know. Um, Let's... Uh, Beam our flashlights... Oh, okay. Solve some crimes. Oh, 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 I like that. Solve some solve some crimes. With that, let's solve some, solve crimes. some crimes. Yeah. Yeah. So Maddie, you have the description today. I do. I, think. I do. Yeah. I pulled one from their website that I really liked, and then I pulled one from the from like the description that they've been giving on like all the game stores. So the one that from their yeah. website that I liked, Alan Wake is not dead. Although he's wished he was many times. For 13 years, he's been a prisoner in the dark place where his nightmares, his fears, and his stories manifest as reality around him. For 13 years, he's been fighting to stay sane and write a story that would change reality around him in order for him to escape. So far, he has failed. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That's a pretty good description. I like, I like that. that one. Okay, so then yeah. the one that they're doing on the game stores, a string of ritualistic murders threatens Bright Falls, a small town community surrounded by Pacific Northwest wilderness. Saga Anderson, an accomplished FBI agent with a reputation for solving impossible cases, arrives to investigate the murders. Anderson's case spirals into a nightmare when she discovers pages of a horror story that start to come true around her. Alan Wake, a lost writer trapped in a nightmare beyond our world, writes a dark story in an attempt to shape the reality around him and escape his prison. With a dark horror hunting him, Wake is trying to retain his sanity and beat the devil at his own game. 
Anderson and Wake are two heroes on two desperate journeys in two separate realities, connect at, connected in ways neither of them can understand. Fueled mm. by the horror story, natural super darkness invades Bright Falls, corrupting the locals and threatening the loved ones of both Anderson and Wake. Light is their weapon and their safe haven against the darkness. Trapped in a sinister horror story. Wow, this is long. <laughs> she's, she's still going. <laughs> so long. Trapped in a sinister horror story where there's only victims and monsters. Can they break out to be the heroes they need to be? Okay, few. <laughs> you did it. I'm so proud. And that's the end of the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that was a Hi. long description. I, it was interesting that the first one only really talked about Alan, and then the second one actually talked a lot more about the dichotomy between the two main characters. Um, yeah, I think because it's called it Alan Wake 2, so their website, I bet they just want to, like, get people in. Emphasize. Also, like, yeah. if I'm being super unkind to humanity, which I think is a valid take, because the other protagonist is a black woman, they might just be trying to, like, mm. avoid... Mm. the uh, dumb gamers that would like, yeah, yeah, complain about that. (laughs) The whiny pieces of crap. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I don't know. You can cut that if you want. No, no, no. That's just a thought. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure. I mean, it's, I ended up really enjoying both of the characters actually. So um, we'll get into it. Yeah. I'm I'm curious if that was, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I, um, in the How It's Made, actually, the first part that I wanted to talk about was uh, the dichotomy of the two and what they're thinking about Oh, cool. About there. Oh, so my gosh. Awesome. All right. that actually leads us in pretty easy. Yeah. 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 So I watched a video on YouTube that was, once again, a very well-produced documentary. I don't know why so many of these studios have it, but they do. Um, as a reminder, this game was made by Remedy over in Finland. We talked about that last time when Maddie uh, dove in and chatted about the first Alan Wake that we did last time. So I won't get too much into the actual studio itself. It was the same studio. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the kind of background of why it took 13 years, which wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be. It primarily seemed to center around they had a bunch of different seeds of ideas. So it's not like they spent the last 13 or whatever years just ho-humming around to being like, we're not going to ever do it. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden decided to do it. Mm -hmm. It sounded like they had seeds of ideas, like a lot of them. And they just kept rotating through things that they just didn't really like and eventually ended up on this. So I don't know if it just took that long to find the sweet spot of something that they felt really good about um, while they worked on other stuff. But it didn't seem like they didn't want to work on it. And a lot of the tone of the documentary that I watched was everyone was so excited to build Alan Wake 2. Like they were talking about how this was like the culmination Mm -hmm. of like Remedy really getting into what they're good at and being really excited to tell the second story and do it in a way that was faithful to the first one while also like adapting it, especially since horror apparently has grown in popularity over the last few years so they're like totally it feels like a really good time it feels like people are ready for a second alan wake and they're ready for like another horror that's really good so mm-hmm. it didn't seem like they didn't want to work on it it just seemed like it just wasn't the right time they didn't have the right idea for mm-hmm. it you know they wanted to do it justice mm-hmm. so sam lake 
the creative director was the one that showed up in a lot of the documentary that I saw, but there were a lot of different folks that popped in and popped out. The interesting bit about Sam Lake, um, just before we actually dive in, is that he is a character in the game that we're about to play, which is really fun. Which one is the actual creative? Uh, he is Alex Casey. Oh, I could tell detective. in his accent he was not American. He was so sweet. His accent was so thick. Well, that's funny you say that because he is the physical character, but he is not the voice actor. Because for both Alex Casey and Alan Wake, they have both a physical character and a voice actor, and they are different people. Why? I know. Isn't that crazy? I... I I don't know. I listened as a part of the interview. I was trying to listen to the physical actor of Alan Wake. His name is like Ilka um, Vili. And then the voice is Matthew Peretta. And I was listening to Ilka and I'm like, he seems like he has a fine voice. Like it didn't seem like it was bad. I guess they just had a very specific vibe in mind for both pieces and they couldn't find one person that that matched it maybe. Well, I do know yeah. that the the person that is Alan Wake, the actor, is the same one from the first one who did, like, the mocap and stuff for yes. the first one. Yeah, that's totally the same. The voice actor is the same. It's just I had no idea it was two different people. I didn't know it was two it's different just two people different either. People. Yeah, it's no just clue. two different people, and it's two different people for Alex Casey also. So even though, as I'm sure we'll talk about it, they have, like, live action scenes, it's them acting in live action, them doing the mocap, and then they have a different person doing the voice acting, which I thought was a really interesting way to do it. And I spent way too long trying to figure out how you line up somebody, like, doing real acting with, like, a voice actor behind the scenes trying to lip move at the exact same time so i still don't know how that works but that's fine interesting um i know it's a little crazy so uh i mentioned right before we jumped into it but in the documentary one of the biggest portions that they talked about was the dichotomy of the two different protagonists yeah so they wanted it to um how do i phrase this they wanted it to kind of show two different pieces of this story one keeping true to alan as he like fights for his sanity and one following saga as she fights like for her life and almost mimics a little bit the people that they thought uh, maybe didn't play the first one and picked it up thir- like it's been 13 years since the first game yeah and so they totally. they had kind of this built-in assumption that there were going to be some people that would come into the franchise that maybe didn't play it in a really long time yeah or hadn't played it before and so they thought by creating this like dichotomy between the two and having the two characters that you could actually as someone picking it up playing within like saga space could detective and figure things out and unravel as the story went on as if you didn't actually know the first story now of course you get so much more context and story if you did play the first one so i don't think they were intending you to like never play it yeah it's just they emphasize like hey you could kind of like follow along in that sense um which was really interesting and i kind of like that they approached it that way Um, One of the other things that they talked about a little bit was the, like, scenery in uh, the Pacific Northwest they wanted to keep. And so what they were worried about with if they had only done Alan is 
he was off having his own like psychological struggles in this game, which we'll talk about. His setting is very, very different. And they wanted somebody. They needed like action in the Pacific Northwest. They wanted to keep that vibe. They wanted to bring people back to Bright Falls. And they liked the idea of bringing Saga in to play this character within the Pacific Pacific Northwest to like keep that scenery, keep that setting and have it almost be... I, I can't remember who it was, if it was one of the creative folks, like one of the writers. I, I can't remember, but somebody mentioned that Saga in some sense is a bit of a, a breather and a breath, breath like a fresh of breath air sometimes when you're deep breath in the fresh psychology. air. Yeah, like when when you're like deep in the psychological torment of, of Alan. Alan Wake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of get a pull up and it's still like creepy in the Pacific Northwest setting. Uh, but with Saga and her own problems, it's just kind of like switching between the two helps give you kind of a moment of peace there since they're two totally different kind of struggles that they're going through. Totally. Uh, and I just wanted to say this because I felt really impressed with myself. So this is totally self-serving. But uh, Saga's side of the story, uh, she, it, sorry, Saga's side of the story was inspired by Seven, which I didn't think about the movie Seven, if you haven't seen it. I haven't. Have you seen it? No. Oh, you should watch it. I know I you should. should watch it. I know I would like it. Yeah, I just haven't seen it. All I know is, what's in the box? <laughs> the classic you should watch the movie um and then true detective which i guessed i guessed that yeah because um true detective is the only um is my claim to fame because i guess who the murderer was in true detective okay don't tell me because i haven't watched it so i will watch it i will text you who i think it is Okay, you should, because I still cannot get over the fact that I guessed it the first time they were on screen. I was like, that person. Dang. <laughs> and I, I got it right. Um, but the first season the, you're talking about, right? The, cool. the first season, the first season. I did not guess the second season. Okay. Um, but they were inspired by True Detective, and I knew it. A lot of the, like, cult, culty vibe, symbolism, whatever, felt very mimicky to True Detective. So I was pretty proud of myself for guessing that, because I, I had it in my notes. I was like, this feels like True Detective. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the very last thing that I wanted to mention briefly was about some of the sound design, which Ooh. I thought was very interesting. Yeah. So... It's a horror, and yeah. horrors obviously have to do a lot of things mm-hmm. in order to make you actually feel scared, right? It's very mm-hmm. difficult to do. And the sound designers were talking about something that they called, like, nerve delay, which is the moment where you, like, you and your body, like, you've been scared. And it takes, like, a brief moment for your body to become, like, to realize what had happened and, like, process it Mm. and being able to understand what had just happened. So it's like, you know, a deer bursts out and rushes by, but there's a moment where you're like, oh, what the fuck? And then you're like, oh, it was a deer. And that moment is what they call, like, the nerve delay. And the way... Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the way that they designed the sound was that if you delay the sound also just a bit, there's like a moment of the spook and then your body is just about to figure out what had happened and then a sound hits and then you get scared again. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I know. And so then it takes your body even longer to calm down to realize, oh, this is what happened. So it like extends the like body's response. I know. It's so interesting. And also 
fuck those people because it is scary. It is pretty <laughs> but, scary. I, I yeah. So I'm playing Dead Space at the same time right now. And Dead Space is supposed to be like super scary, but... Honestly, Alan Wake 2 has been scaring me way more than Dead Space. Really? Yeah, oh. way more. Dead Space has a lot more jump scares, but at yeah. some point you're like, okay, this is what this game is. So you come to expect yeah. the jump scares. And so because you're expecting it, they start to have less and less impact. Yeah, yeah. And and it just becomes more predictable. So then it's less scary. Even though I really am actually loving Dead Space. Like I, the two games that I'm playing right now are, are Alan Wake and Dead Space. Um, <laughs> and I, I've really God. been enjoying both of them. And they're pretty different, but they both have really interesting stories. But anyways, yeah. It, like Alan Wake 2 has been more like... I think the thing that scares me is more uneasiness and that's kind of why Alan Wake 2 is hitting me harder than Dead Space whereas I feel like some people might say Dead Space is scarier because technically there is more like da but yeah I don't know I want to talk about that more a lot more because I have a lot of opinions about what they did differently in the first one versus the second one. And I think some of it hits on that like uneasy feeling that I feel like they build. So I Well, I that's why I love that you're talking about that sound design because it's so true. Yeah. Like like the way that they've done it, and it's cool. I'm gonna have to keep an eye out for that, or like not not an eye out, an mm-hmm. ear out for that <laughs> as I keep playing it because it I was wondering what was kind of like what are these elements that are making me feel so uneasy as I'm playing this game like I have to take breaks I can't just sit and play it for hours and hours you know yeah yeah I've I've definitely felt that too but I um I am not a horror person so I feel like I usually need breaks more than than but that's why I'm surprised that you've been able to so um I know we're skipping ahead a little bit here but do do we want to just dive in oh wait no I have critical reception uh, you have critical reception. I'll just yeah. I'll say it and then we'll talk about it more. When I was playing, I uh, ended up getting into chapter four. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But for like the entire length of chapter four, when I started, Chris was working on his leather working or whatever, because that's what Cute. he's doing now. He's making leather wallets. I know he's adorable. And he's sitting there leather working. And I was like, so can you tell me when you're going to be done so that you can like start playing for a little bit so I can like sit? And he was like, I'm I'm almost finished with my wallet. I've got to keep going. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to do this myself. And so I definitely like spent probably the last like hour or so of gameplay being like, I need to put this down. I need to put it down. I've got to like pause for a second. And then I kept going. And then eventually I was just like, I can't do this. I got to stop. Yeah. Um, but it's not because it was bad. It was just because I was feeling very unsettled yeah. and I needed like a moment yes. to decompress. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I was feeling um, that way too. And I'm not a like I I can do horror. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Were you gonna say a wuss? No. <laughs> I was I was gonna say Weenie Hut Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. You know what? I'll take the title Weenie Hut Jr. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's mostly what I had. Also, the I will say you're not you're definitely thing. not a Weenie Hut Jr. Weenie Hut Juniors couldn't I'm, play this game at all. 
No, I'm like a medium. Yeah. Like I can I can deal with stuff, it, it, but I have to be in a mood. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to get scared. Like I almost punched Chris in the face once while we were playing the game. Uh, and that's just typical for me. <laughs> I fell off the couch when I watched The Conjuring. I literally screamed so hard that I fell off the couch. <laughs> was it like when the well. when the lady was above the dresser or whatever? Yes! Yeah. Yes! It's horrifying. And I like screamed my whole body just like gyrated. It was like, oh, and then I just toppled off the couch. And my roommate was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, nothing. But you watched it. So you're already miles ahead it. of so many people. But anyways, okay, sorry. It's Wrap true. up your critical or not. Oh, your yes. Stuff. Yes, my my how it's made. There wasn't too much else. I there were like little bits and pieces about how they um like scanned trees in the Pacific Northwest to actually create models just off of the scans, stuff like that. Super similar um, to how they, the first one they were super obsessed with that yes. realism of the Pacific Northwest. They which did is that cool. again. Yeah. Yeah, and it was very apparent in the yeah. game itself that they took that kind of effort. Um, and they talked a little bit about the live act- action film footage that's mixed yeah. within the game. But it wasn't too like interesting from a technical perspective. It was just they also did live yeah. action film footage. Um, they mostly just wanted you to be able to watch the film footage kind of like it's so close to reality at that point, right? Like you're literally watching things that you would see today Mm -hmm. if you turn on the television. And they really liked the idea that you were like almost shifting through these different layers of reality the same way that uh, Alan was during his moments. So they talked a little bit about that, but I thought that was interesting. I think just the idea of having actual live action film footage inside the game itself is just a very novel concept to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, they really liked building the world the way that it was like, oh my gosh, it's almost the world that you would see today. And so that you kind of get that uneasy feeling. Like yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, with that, Maddie, critical reception. Critical reception. I'm going to be super quick because I kind of phoned in my section this week. Um, but <laughs> it has an 89 on Metacritic which is really nice, really high, and an 8.8 user score, so also pretty high. Uh, It's getting good reviews, which doesn't surprise me as I've been playing this at all. And Remedy makes good games. Like, I don't know. It it would almost be, like, more interesting if they didn't make a good (laughs) game because at this point they've made really good games. And obviously, like, the big thing that everyone is saying is so great is the storytelling. I mean – but and that's yeah. also like remedies shit, right? Like that's what they're known for. Also, interestingly, um, a lot of people were saying that it plays best on the Series X, like it's the most performant and least buggy on the Series X. Which I'm like, wow, that that look never happens. <laughs> like, who? Uh, what's that Fantastic. meme where it's like, look at us? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, so yeah, that was kind of a fun thing to read about, and then. Um, negatives some user negatives because i couldn't really find a ton of like negative critical reviews was just about um it being slow so it it was it was just like preferences which um yeah i mean yeah yeah like there was nothing super super sticking out to me as like a common negative thread yeah oh and then like people you know complaining about changing the gameplay 
Because it changes pretty significantly. So there was a few complaints about that. Did people, could you notice a pattern at all with people liking this more or less than the first one? I think it was just that people were saying it pivoted a lot more into like puzzle. Oh. And more. it was more mystery detective and less combat, whereas the first one was definitely heavier on the combat. Yeah. I saw some early posts on Reddit before the game actually released, but like people had had some copies of it and they were complaining about it taking so long to actually like play as Alan. But I, oh, we could just dive in. Okay, let's dive in. All right, I'll play play a little jingle. Let's Let's do do it. it. Perfect. Okay, Maddie, first impression. Oh, first impression. So I really quickly, like, the menu was so creepy. Oh, my gosh. Did you sit on that thing for a little bit? Because I did. and Not, like, a really long time. Does it keep doing I mean, stuff? not, like, a suit. Okay, sorry. I meant, like, I just, I was writing. I was getting my notebook ready because I take oh. physical notes. And so I was, you right. know, getting my notebook ready. I usually do, like, a little doodle at the top that's, like, relevant to the right. game. And, you know, I was getting all set up. And then as the menu was playing, it was just like kept like flashing the scary things and then going mm, back to the creepy things yeah. and then flashing the scary things and then going back to the static. And I don't know, it was just very creepy. And I was like, wow, this is a lot creepier already than the first one. Yeah. And yeah. then once we jumped into it, the graphics were just like, wow, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that naked butt was really in full flesh, full flesh 3D butt. <laughs> really realistic it's like a really realistic overweight naked body um and very like very well done honestly very well done i when i had loaded it up i mean it was one just absolutely beautiful like i was not uh like, a lot of the games that we've played recently have had, like, very good graphics, but there's something different that just hits home because we live in the Pacific Northwest. I agree. To see it in such high fidelity yep. in a game, because I'm like, this looks and exactly captured like the so Northwest. well. Like, the essence is captured so well. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, there was at one point uh, right at the beginning where Chris is like, are you going the right way? Shouldn't you be going the other way? And I'm like, Chris, it's a switchback. It wouldn't be the Pacific Northwest West without a switchback. <laughs> And he was like, oh, and then I turn the corner and go back the other way, you know, and it's, it's a switch just, back. It's, funny. it's a switch like, back. Yeah. But yeah, I really did like that. The The graphics are absolutely amazing. Um, I am. I am not uh, embarrassed to say that when I realized I was a chubby naked, naked man at the beginning that I did attempt to turn around as fast as possible to see if they're going to give us some peen. <laughs> but literally... <laughs> They and did. They I did see it. And then they later gave us a lot a more lot pain. More. And I was like, oh. Straight up in your face. I didn't face. even have to try. Yeah. I just thought I was going to have you to just try. Had to wait. You, know? you just had to wait. I just, yeah, I messed it up. <laughs> you're too You're too impatient for that peen. <laughs> I know, it's true. And like my notes are literally like, why am I chubby and naked? Ha ha penis. <laughs> <laughs> literally just what my notes are. <laughs> Back to us being 12 years old. Um, I know, right? So... Yeah. 
the other thing is I actually really loved how it started on the other character. So it's really interesting that you say that some people were complaining about it, but I, I actually like really love Saga. Like I love how it started. And the other thing before I close the first impressions is the mind palace just blew me away. So cool. I've never seen that in a video game before. And that's when I texted you that I think you're really going to like it. Because whenever that happened, I was like, oh, man, this is like Bridget's shit right here. But also so creative. Haven't seen that done in a video game before. Super cool. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more in a second. But just, yeah, I thought that was just so cool. Yes, I was ridiculously impressed. Like, my thought process was, I bet they were trying to figure out how they were going to do something cool and detective-y, but they didn't want to constantly pull you out and be like, go back to the detective's office, go back there, go, you know what I mean? And I just love the creativity of having this little space. And then I am a sucker for the stupid boards with the pins and the strings. I'm like, oh my God, look at me. Yeah, it's so cool. Okay, why don't you do your first impressions? And then I really want to actually like dig into the Mind Palace because that's kind of one of the primary gameplay mechanics as you start. Yes, yeah, I can totally do that. So for me, um, haha penis. And then the actual first impression that I had was it definitely had a very like spooky vibe that to me felt very high quality like the whole painted picture that they had the beautiful graphics and the sound along with like the weirdness of the fact that I'm just waking up as this nude dude on a beach it was just it was very weird and like unsettling and I actually the moment of me hitting almost hitting Chris in the face I did not actually hit him was right at the beginning because they started doing like weird clips of strange things like happening while you are like walking up the hill Mm -hmm. and that to me was like oh I wasn't expecting it so soon like I just wasn't expecting it and if you remember in the original it was very tutorial yes at the beginning yeah like very tutorial so that's kind of what I anticipated was another like oh a fun little cutscene. you do a tutorial learn how it works and then you get into the game later yeah and instead it just happened like you were in the game you showed up and it started happening and even though there wasn't like gameplay, you're pretty much just like walking the trails. Yep. It still felt very immersive, like right away. And I really, really liked that. Um, the other thing was I am the world's biggest. No, okay, not fan. I'm not allowed to say that I'm a fan of cults because cults are very damaging to those that are inside of them. But I love learning about cults. I watch every documentary that exists. Okay. I listen to podcasts. I I just find them very fascinating yeah. from like a psychological perspective. And so to get into the game and it's already like feeling super high quality and then I see that there's like this weird deer cult, I'm like excellent. I excellent. love cults. And then we get <laughs> and then we get into the my pa- palace and I'm like excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so like overall, I was actually feeling really really good like I um, wrote in all caps something along the lines of, like, this is a murder mystery. And then I was like, it's a board. Like, it's an actual board of things with clues and strings. And I have it, like, in all caps. I was very excited. Um, 
And uh, I will let us get into the mind map now. But I will say that I really, really like Saga. Like, just right from the beginning, I really liked her. And I was actually really... I had no idea that there were two protagonists going into the game. So I didn't actually know what to expect. I knew that we would probably end up playing as Alan just because it's freaking Alan Wake 2. Like, you have to have Alan somewhere in there. But I um, didn't know who the primary protagonist was or the fact that there was two. And I just really appreciated that it was somebody um, else. I I liked her personality. Mm -hmm. Like she was very interesting personality. And um, so like off the bat, I was actually feeling really good. I I had liked it uh, more than the original, like almost immediately. Oh, same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So let's mind palace. Okay. So right when we start really quickly for those listening, and if you haven't played, Essentially, Saga and her uh, partner, Alex Casey, get sent to Bright Falls to to solve a string of connected murders. So they are in the FBI. And so because it's been like repeated activity, the FBI get called in and now they're going to start helping investigate these murders. And specifically, you are investigating the murder of Nightingale, who is the FBI agent from the first game, if you remember, or if you don't remember, we talked about him in the previous episode that we did, so you should listen to that if you haven't yet. But you are solving the murder for Nightingale as Saga, and right when you get there, you go to the murder scene, there's two other, like, cops that are from bright falls that are really funny and yeah they are funny i have a prediction about them that i don't know if it will come to pass but i said the two dumb sheriffs are sus af (laughs) (laughs) that's what chris said chris was like them they have something to do with it like they're in the right i'm like oh okay so okay this is so funny i am chris and you are dk because dk was like no no it's her partner immediately that's what yes immediately he was like no no it's the partner (laughs) and so we will continue to go down that thread but but right off the bat that was what i thought um and that's what dk thought which was funny and then um so as you're investigating the murder you start taking photos and those photos Mm -hmm. appear in your mind palace which is this concept that they use to have a detective's office but in her head so i think we've all heard about the mind palace concept of like enter your mind palace and then you can organize your thoughts and (laughs) dig into your memories and stuff and saga has like a very vivid mind palace and so you go Mm -hmm. into the mind palace and you have a case board and it and you can stick your pictures and it draws the strings of the connections onto the case board which is super cool and then one of the other aspects of the mind palace is profiling do you want to talk about the profiling the thing that i wanted to mention just briefly is that you should see this room as like the physical embodiment of a super like what you would normally get as just like menu like ui guis whatever like that's just normally what this would be and instead it's an actual 3d space where you roam around it like yeah. i don't know i just it's super cool i was 
so creative it's so creative and like maddie was saying there are different like areas in the room right so the profiling area is actually on her desk like in the center of the room and there are little file folders laid out with people's names on them and you can open up the file folders and you like this is where it starts to get like a little trippy is you can open up the file folders and there's like subjects on little file cards And when you like click the index card with a subject on it, she has like, she goes deep into thought and has like these weird paranormal like visions with other people talking to her. And she susses out things that she otherwise didn't know and probably shouldn't know, you know, like there was a a moment where someone was like hiding evidence from her. And she sits there and tries to suss it out. And she can actually hear in her head the conversation that they Mm -hmm. had had earlier. And she's like, so you have the necklace, right? And the girl's like, whoa, you're so good. How'd you do that? And the answer was weird mystery shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's just the answer. Yeah, it's cool. The other things that you can do in the Mind Palace is you can look at the manuscript pages that you start to pick up. Mm -hmm. You can watch Mm -hmm. uh, TV commercials or TV clips that you stumble upon. And you can listen to the radio and um, uh, of the – so the way that Alan Wake kind of situates itself, which is really similar to the first one, is it's broken up into chapters – the f- mm-hmm. this one has way more chapters than the first one though a lot it's like 19 and the I first one had eight six six some six or eight not that much um and at the end of each chapter there's like a song that plays in really nicely with the, the chapter mm-hmm. and they slap so hard they're so <laughs> they really good they really they're do. so good i'm obsessed <laughs> with these songs i'm like damn did it again i thought that in the first one too i was like these chapter ending songs are so good and so you can also listen and turn the radio on my only complaint is when i first thought saw the radio and saw that song i was like oh my god i'm gonna play this song as i'm doing the other stuff but it goes away oh it's just while you it's just while you sit there which is a little sad it would have been cool if you could like play music as you're like doing the case board Oh yeah, like during the like while you're in the mind palace. Maybe they'll do that in a, that a maybe they'll do that in a feature. Request. Yeah, like a bug fix or a feature yeah. request thing. But anyways, <laughs> I like it, that. Yeah. Am I missing one? Profiling case um, board manuscript pages. They have the maps. Oh, so the, the maps. maps are up on the wall. Yep. And then there's an area where you can theoretically upgrade your weapons if you can actually find <sighs> stuff. But I'm a million items away from being able to do yeah, that. Yeah, same. So okay, I don't know what that's like yet. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So there's yeah. there's your mind and palace. The, the one thing that I'd like to talk about for the videos just briefly is I know you were super into the the um, Night Springs episodes last time. I haven't found any yet. Maybe there'll be more. I haven't as found I any in. yet either. But I did like that they actually gave you the ability to go back and watch pretty much anything that you've seen because sometimes I'll be in a moment where I don't feel like I can pause because maybe something weird is happening at the time and I just am feeling antsy and I want to get out of there. And so it's kind of nice that I can go back and take a look later if I want to. So I actually like that as an addition yeah, a lot. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed the Mind Palace. It was It was a vibe. I really liked it. The murder mystery board was really well thought through. I am going to be curious, and I'm curious your take on how you felt about it so far, but the way that the board works feels like it's... 
It doesn't feel super puzzly to me right now, but I'm wondering if it gets puzzly later. That's what or if I it's think more of a, too. Like just a storytelling. It's technique. almost like a. Tell. It's like you. It's it's such a light puzzle because you have to figure out the place that you need to put the picture to unlock the, card, the yeah. to unlock the connection, um, mm-hmm. and that feels like the most puzzly part of it. But it's not even really that tough of a puzzle. Yeah, but I'm it's wondering if it's gonna get more. To your point, I I think the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll I think I would enjoy it if it became more puzzly, but I still think it's a good storytelling technique regardless. So I won't be too disappointed if it doesn't get much harder. I just think it would be fun if it did. Yes, yeah, I yeah. I knew you would like that part, and yeah, I I bet it yeah. I bet it will be, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So should we keep going with the story a little bit until we get to Alan Wake's side? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the the story continues. You put together that Nightingale was murdered by a cult, and then you have the sheriffs take him back to the morgue. You go back to the morgue, um, or sorry, you go back into town, and before you go to Mm -hmm. the morgue, you meet the sheriff at the diner right and at the diner you run into rose who works at the diner and she Mm -hmm. says wow i can't believe you're back here after everything that happened and saga is like what happened and she said your daughter drowned and saga's like weird that didn't happen (laughs) and and i'm like well this is gonna be something this is the same this is the same rose from the first one that was touched by the darkness. And she's the right? same age. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. She's creepy. And like my hypothesis is that because she's been like weirdly, she was possessed by the darkness in the first one. And at the very end of the cutscene, you see her kind of like holding a light and like shaking. Yeah. Like she's horrified. She's seen stuff. And so I wonder if she saw the future. Like I want to know if oh, that... Shit. Yeah, and if she's, like, all fucked up, so she thinks that it's already happened. But I'm wondering if she, like, saw the future somehow. Because she had weird stuff happen to her, and she's been, like, crazy since, I guess. So my Um, prediction with that was that um, her daughter did die, and, like, her calls with her husband and her daughter are made up. No, that would be wild! That would be wild. But there's our predictions. And this isn't a spoiler because this literally is the story that is happening within the first, like, ten minutes. literally don't know. Yeah. And we don't know yet. So, anyways, there's – once you uh, meet the sheriff at the diner, he takes you to the sheriff's office, which also has the morgue in it. And you go Mm -hmm. down to the morgue and you start inspecting Nightingale's body. And surprise, surprise, he becomes a monster and he revives. Mm -hmm. Uh, The sheriff gets fucking evaporated. And yeah, just he, yeah, just poofed because he starts trying to give them more manuscript pages. And as he's, it looks like a lot. Yeah. And as he's trying to do that because he's trying to help, he gets poofed out of there. Uh, Mm -hmm. So. That will come back later and was very interesting. And then um, you go find Nightingale. He's being a terror and you go find it. Do you want to continue? Why don't you continue from here? Yeah. So I want wait. I want to pause. Yeah, I want to pause. say a couple of things. First. Okay. So a couple of things. One, 
at this point, we have been traveling around with our partner, our FBI partner, yep. and we haven't talked about his name yet and why he matters. Yes. Or theoretically might matter. Well, I, I didn't have a know about matters. his name until we got to the Alan Wake section. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I wasn't well, like we, Let's wait to the Alan Wake section it. then. Okay, let's wait. Anyway, we have a partner, a partner in crime um, who's helping us as we go through and they will become important later. The other thing that I wanted to mention that I thought was interesting, and I think I think that we already hit this by now, um, but the way that we've been describing like the journey through isn't as linear. Like it's still linear. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as linear as the first That's game true. because you can wander around and you can see that like there are doors with locks on them and it'll be like no you need this thing in order to get through and you clearly don't have the ability to get that thing yet for whatever reason and to me that implies that I'm going to be able to go back to different places I'm going to be able to explore I'm going to be able to find stuff and like revisit scenes and I am like, I think that was a really fun addition that you could actually wander around the town like you weren't able to do before. Yep. And I am really interested to see how they do that, if it stays super linear or if it's like you can eventually go where you want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. You how just made me out, have but... a little bit of a brain blast. Do you remember how Ooh. when I was doing the how it's made for Alan Wake 1, I talked about how originally the reason it took them so long to make it the first time, it took them 10 years to make it, was because originally they were trying to make it more open world, but they didn't have the technology to do it. Like the tech didn't work. And now I'm thinking, oh my God, wait, now they have the technology and they're able to do their vision of having this semi-open world but still have this like this linear story that they're known for having so yeah it's really interesting like i wonder if if they were like finally we can do what we wanted to do yeah yeah like i bet they were like like wow like this is and this is kind of the vision of open world but not like they they are nailing it pretty good yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's definitely not like free roam, go do whatever you want. Um, but it definitely feels more alive and like I can do more stuff, uh, which I really like. I've been liking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we picked up at the dude comes alive. Yeah. And he terrorizes us. Uh, we get a hide in the light this time. They can't see you. The monsters cannot see you if you're hiding in light, which is different from the first that game. Is the last time you were just uh, you know, they got hurt, but this time they literally just can't see you, kind of stealthy-like. And you, he poofs. So Nightingale just poofs away, and you have to go find him again. And the manuscript pages tell you that you have to go head back to Cauldron Lake, where you found the murder scene in the first place. You need to go back there and do some, like, ritual in order to, like, go to, what do they call it? The, the overlap. They had to go to the overlap and do this ritual. Yeah. So you head back to the uh, Cauldron Lake area. So the same place you were at the beginning. And you head back down. And here, I, ooh, I'm so excited to talk about this. Because I think you'll be more excited to talk about it than me. But you run into, as you're going down to the Cauldron Lake area, yes. a technician yes. working on a building. 
And I want you to talk about it, Maddie, because I haven't played Control much, but clearly that's what this is doing. Yeah. And I want to hear your thoughts on it since you played Control yeah. a lot, like more recently. Yeah. So as you walk down, the other thing that I wanted to mention really quickly is in the sheriff's office, you go into a room. Did you find the, the Koskala Brother tour video? Oh, yes, I did. So funny. Yeah. And, and, oh, and those are the people and that you run into. And those are the, into. the people that you run into. Yeah, you're so right. So in yeah, the yeah. sheriff's office, you stumble upon this TV screen that's playing a commercial for the, the Koskala Brothers tour. And he's like, they're like, fuck the government. We'll take you wherever you want to go. And we have bolt cutters. And they talk about how they take you, like, because apparently, or it obviously, Cauldron Lake has mm-hmm. been fenced off. Yeah. Because. Yeah government because of the knows that it's where yeah. bunches of shit that are bad that is bad happens and yeah. as you go back to the lake you run into one of the Koskala brothers and someone from the federal bureau bureau of control fixing yes. this contraption and mm-hmm. the contraption is obviously measuring the um like the the wonkiness and now I'm for blanking on the name that they called it in control. Um, AWE. Yes. Yes. AWE events. Like it's obviously monitoring that because it's this huge device that has this big satellite light on it directly pointing at Cauldron Lake. And yeah. Yeah. And you run into the like federal Bureau of Control employee that's there like fixing the machine and fixing it up. Um, And he's escorted by a Koskala brother. Um, but anyways, yeah. I really loved I, that. Yeah, I loved it. And I was really happy that our, on our last episode, you had mentioned that Alan came up in control. Yes. And I also didn't realize I had read about it after we recorded, but I didn't realize that there was a whole DLC where Alan Wake was like the narrator of the DLC. And like, he apparently wrote events within that section of like the control DLC game. Um, which I didn't know. I haven't played so, that DLC. I bought it, but I haven't played it yet. It, yeah. You should play it because apparently like he narrates portions oh, cool. of it. Um, yeah. And so when this like popped up, I was like, oh, they're going to integrate it more. And I'm really excited to see where they take it because I love, um, what did Chris call it? He called it the, um, Alan Wake cinematic universe. Or something yes. It's so good. It's so um, good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they do with that because clearly that's going to be a big plot point. Like they would not show us that if it wasn't going to be. You know. What also, I mean? you run back into the machine and it's like yes, you run Whoa, back into the machine. Later. Going crazy after yeah. you literally just experienced a crazy event. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're chasing after Nightingale. You have to find a bunch of things to make the portal that opens so that you can go through it because the goal is to go through the tree portal and um Mm -hmm. you do that i'm gonna skip through the specifics unless you want to talk about it so this is where okay okay. great um the only complaint that i have is apparently that well no not apparently there was a shotgun in the general store that i did not see and so i went into my first boss fight with a pistol and kept picking up shotgun ammo that i couldn't use and so i was running low on ammo during this nightingale boss fight uh and it was a bit it's really sad sad. for you maddie it's a bit sad (laughs) 
But then I went back after that scene when I finally beat it hey, and got the shotgun because I was like, I'm not missing out That's on the good. shotgun anymore. Yeah. But yes, so you go through the, the portal. The shotgun is so much better than the pistol. And that was the only way that I beat that first boss fight. So also, <laughs> I thought it was so funny that she's like, entering, like she's alone. Like she doesn't tell her partner to come join her. Yeah. She's like, yeah, right? I'm just going to enter yeah. this really super scary portal on my own. No biggie. Yeah, I'm just gonna do that. That's fine. My yeah, partner's totally. like 100 She's yards a hundred yards away, but like independent woman. She doesn't nah. need her mate. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Guess buddy system doesn't really. It's not really a thing. Yeah, it doesn't apply here when clearly weird ass shit is going on. Who wants? Who wants a yeah. buddy? Nobody. Nobody. And of course, this whole time her partner is like lost. Yeah. He says he's lost, and I'm like, where'd you lose? Where'd you lose yourself to, man? I think you're just you're just sitting there. He probably. It's so work funny because I did not catch a single hint of sus, but you and DK both were like so sus. No, he's so, so sus. Yeah, like, who disappears for that long? You just want her to die this early. You want her to fail on purpose. But she didn't because she's a badass. So, like, suck it. It's fine. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, you have your first boss fight, which is Nightingale in this otherworldly portal. After you kill Mm him, bum, 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 you find Alan Wake. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like... I've been gone for 13 years? What? <laughs> okay, wait. I have. I had a hypothesis, and I think my hypothesis is dumb. But I was like, they keep talking about Scratch. So at the end of the first game, they talked about a Scratch. And when Alan comes out of the wake, he... Or Alan comes out of the wake. Comes out of the lake. Yeah. Um, he is saying that, like, he accidentally let Scratch out with his face or something. And I was trying to figure out, because, like, we haven't seen anyone else look like Alan Wake. So is this the real Alan Wake? Or is this Scratch? Oh, maybe. We don't know yet. Because, I, I don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. We're not far enough. We don't know but, yet. like, he keeps talking about how he let this person out. But nobody has seen Alan. Yeah. Nobody knows where he is. And if he let somebody else with, out with his face, wouldn't we, like, have heard rumors of Alan wandering around being alive? Or did he actually just let the scratch thing out when he crawled out of the lake? I don't know. Um, we'll see. But anyway, Alan is theoretically alive, assuming that yeah. that is the real Alan. And then yeah. it switches then... to Alan's perspective. And this yeah. is the part yeah. that I thought was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting it. I actually thought I was going to be with Saga for like the whole first half of the game. I oh. I figured we would get Alan Wake eventually, but I thought we were going to like finish saga's story and then pick up alan wake's story i don't know why i thought that but i was just like oh eventually we'll get to alan wake and then once we get to alan wake it'll switch over and then we'll finish the story from his perspective but i thought there was going to be like a whole thing just to get to alan wake and so contrary to what you were reading like i was actually i thought it was early that we were getting alan wake i was like oh Oh. i was like wow (laughs) oh he's here already yeah I thought I was going to play a whole, like, first half of this game without playing as him. Um, And it jumps you into this late night television scene with Alan Mm -hmm. Wake and... This is a flashback, right? Like, this is concretely a flashback. Chris and I were arguing about it, so I just want to confirm with you. I thought it was clearly a flashback. I think it is mixed right now because I think, to your point, 
there's different possibilities. And I think this is part of the mystery. I believe that there's two ways that this can go. I think there's a possibility Uh that it's a flashback, but I also think that it's a possibility. It's like a happening at that time. And then to your point, the Alan Wake that just came out of the lake is not Alan Wake. Mm, that would be supportive of my theory. Interesting. The reason I'm thinking it's not a flashback is when you start walking around the dark place, you run into the sheriff who literally just got (gasps) disappeared. But it could be this timey-wimey thing where time doesn't really count. And like, Mm. maybe it is still, you know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to say because controls the same way like in control like timelines are all like like it just doesn't all match up um but i thought the mr door like live action television stuff that they jump you right into it's so trippy and i love so cool yeah it was so cool it literally guys it looks like a movie you're just watching actual real live action actors in this late night TV show. And it's crazy. It's so cool. I really liked it. Yeah. It was so neat. One of the things that I wanted to talk about, because this is where we both are. We're in this section of the game yeah. still. And yeah. I don't know how many more chapters this goes for. But the elements of gameplay in here are a little bit different from sagas. Mm-hmm. So I wanted us to talk about that. And then I had yep. some complaints about this section, actually, that I wanted to talk Ooh, about. Okay, okay, okay. Um, do you want to talk about do some of the gameplay the... elements? Yeah. yeah. And how they differ? Yeah. So in this, like, weird, dark place, the main way that you play is you still have, like, a flashlight. You find a flashlight and a gun. You have, like, these weird, blobby shadow mm-hmm. people um, but then you also get this old lamp that is the apparent lamp that is the other half to the clicker that you used in the first game. Yeah. So the clicker was attached to this lamp. So now you have the lamp and you have like your other basics. The most interesting part of gameplay is clearly the lamp because what it does is the lamp sucks up light sources and then you can place them and move the light around and by moving the light around, whether it's by taking it or by adding it, it changes the way that the environment looks around you. So it's like, oh, you don't have a path that, like through that door. Take the light away. And now you do. Or, oh, you need to be able to like get into this weird subway station. Okay, great. You add a light here. You go over here. You get a second light. And then you go and add the light again to here. And then you get this light. And then you go down. And then you add another light, you know? And it starts to get very puzzly with the, like, where do I put the lights? Where do I get them and how does that work and um I actually really really liked that mechanic a lot so I'm curious to say like what did you not like because I really like that mechanic before we dig into it really quickly I want to mention that at this point we get our gun and our flashlight from Alex Casey yes so this is where I was like damn it of course you and DK are right like there's something happening with this partner because Alex Casey we've we soon find out during the Mr. Door actual like mm-hmm. television thing if you didn't already know which you might already know if you know Alan i already Wake knew from the first lore. one yeah okay cool i yeah. hadn't remembered that and so because mm-hmm. he, i hadn't known during the thing where he was like oh the main character alex casey um you run into alex casey or a version of him in the dark place mm-hmm. he gets killed and then you just take his gun off of him yeah 
Well, that's the, it, I think it mimics the, if it's the story you remember in the first one, it's the story that he wrote. He had just written the reason he had writer's block. My understanding was because he had written the last Alex Casey book and killed him off. And then he had writer's block and was trying to like write a new story. And so it's really interesting that not only in this dark place environment, you get like, it's almost like it takes place in his last book. I don't think it does, but it's got like the vibe like he, the Alex Casey detective was a New York uh, detective, very gritty, very noir. And he shows up and he's in here. He dies and he's like, why did you kill me this way? You know, because he died that way in the book. Um, but then he keeps showing up places. And then the weirdest, weirdest part is that Alex Casey is the name of the FBI partner that's running around with Saga. And they consistently make jokes about his name being the same name as the main character from Alan Wake's books. Mm-hmm. But he also discusses going to find Alan and like investigating like Nightingale stuff and investigating Alan stuff. And I am like 99% convinced now that Alan actually wrote Alan or sorry, Alex Casey into reality. Like he made this dude exist a real person to forward along his horror story. So I think he is actually going to be bad. I think he's going to be evil because it's a horror. Alan is writing a horror. But I think it's his main character that he wrote into existence. And if that's not what happens, I'm going to be really, really mad. Because there just can't be a coincidence There's like something. You know there's I mean? something happening, for sure. There's something there happening. Yeah. But I love it. I love how mysterious it, it is. is. It's, I'm so excited it, yeah, to figure same. it out. Same. Yeah, I'm really excited yeah. to keep playing yeah. and, and getting the story last last little uh, oh yeah and so to jump back into the mechanics so what i have learned i am trash at navigation game puzzles like like anytime i have to do a puzzle where i have to figure out where to go i fucking hate it Mm -hmm. i don't want it just tell me give me a little marker i will walk towards it yeah i just i think it's just i I had the same issue with The Last of Us when we played it and you have to move the ladder to the thing. Like my brain, Mm -hmm. I think DK brought this up and this happened with Tomb Raider as well when we played it. But I brought this up with DK and he was like, I think it's because these types of things have very like games always have this type of thing and you start to understand the patterns when you play games a lot but because I didn't grow up playing games like this it's not as like intrinsically like in my brain of this is what Mm. I need to do and this is what I need to look for that it just takes me forever and I think that's what's driving me nuts about this section is that it's just taking me Uh, forever like the light in the subway stations took me so long I was like getting so turned around because of the like this flashing light and then this flashing light and then I would be not Mm. on the right side of it and then I'd be it it was just so hard for me to navigate and it took me forever and it's driving me nuts and then there's like other sections that just the navigation stuff it just takes me a long time when we had crossed over the tree the first time, I was honestly in the same spot for like 10 minutes trying to figure out what I was supposed yeah. to do next. Um, so like, I, I definitely feel that. And I think DK is probably right. Cause what I 
the kinds of games that I grew up playing were the more like exploratory puzzly ones. So like your Metroidvanias where you want to find every single nook and cranny because there's going to be a secret wall that you can walk through. So you need to literally run yourself into every wall. Yeah. Or like, is that pattern slightly different? And so the way I play is honestly really close to that in almost every game, regardless of the genre. I will look at every point that I could possibly go. And then what I do is I pick the things that look least like the correct route so that I can make sure I get all the secret stuff. And then I go to the route that I think is correct. And I get really mad if I spend too long on a side route and I'm like, oh my God, was this the real route? And then I have to turn around and go try the different ones. I do that all the time. And Chris... Uh, when we play, he watches me and he, he doesn't get mad because he doesn't, he's not the kind of person Yeah, no, that's mad. there's no way. <laughs> but he, he's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, it's right there. That's the way to go. And I'm like, no, Chris, you don't understand. I have to look every single location before I go the correct direction. And he just immediately, like when I watch him play, he just follows the path. It's just intuitive. He just goes. He I wish exactly that was how my is. brain worked. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't do that either. I look everywhere and then I find the place. Um, but I don't I don't think struggle that much with it as much as like I just like to look everywhere. But Chris just intuitively knows where it is. Like every time we play, he just follows it. It's just how yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, weird. like I wish I had um, more of that because I, I think that's just yeah. what's been driving me a little bit crazy is just like figuring out where to go because I just want to yeah. do the story. I don't need to like. Oh, are you playing on story mode or are you yes. playing on normal oh, mode? Oh, I did not make the same mistake. Are you kidding me? Chris made me go to normal mode. He was like, I'm not playing on story mode. And I'm like, you know that the, the first one that I played, we, we were on story mode. And he was like, I knew it was easy. <laughs> so we switched. We switched. How has it been? There hasn't been a ton of combat. So it's probably not there hasn't that. Been a, yeah, I have noticed that I'm significantly lower on resources than I was the first time. Like I oh. went into the first boss battle with six shotgun bullets and like two normal pistol bullets. And that's all I had. Um, and, uh, luckily because I had the shotgun, I made it. If I wouldn't have had the shotgun, then I don't know what I would have done because I feel like I would have been perpetually stuck. Um, but I have definitely noticed like lack of resources is different, but I, um, very quickly in the game opened the menu to see if I could change it later if I needed to. Otherwise I was just going to restart and do it on, and you can, so you can change it. That's a huge improvement. You couldn't do that in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Big improvement. No. So I, I don't feel too bad about it because if it starts to get impossible, then I'll just change it Yeah, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Do we want to do our final, kind of wrap up first impression thoughts yeah yeah cool. i feel like we had so much to say about this already I'm i know excited for the second yes <laughs> oh the one thing that we also forgot to mention is that in alan wake's reality like he he you can also apply different story lines oh, yes. to change the environment yeah. as well yeah. I just saw that. Yeah, in my he notes. has a writer's room that mimics the mind palace yeah. that Saga has. And so it looks exactly like the little attic writing space that he had in the first one. And instead of a mystery board with like string, you have a plot board. It's very cool. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't gotten to play around with it too much yet because I think I've only had like one or two scenes that I could change with it. Oh, okay. I guess I'm gets, farther like, than you then. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've only had a few. Um, but yeah, like for those listing, it's like moments of inspiration mm-hmm. instead. And then you get those as cards and then you can place them on different scenes and it'll change the way that the scenery looks yeah. because of his like inspiration, which is really fun. Yeah, it is cool. Um, okay. Yeah. 
wrap up thoughts go for it my vibes with this game so far is i like it significantly more than the first one i like the change in gameplay style the first one was so repetitive to me and it was not the kind of game that i like to play this one still has some of those elements but it feels like there's way more variety in it it feels way less boring and the storytelling so far i mean the storytelling was good in the first one but it was kind of obfuscated by my annoyance with the gameplay Mm -hmm. and the storytelling so far this one this with this one honestly seems leagues better and there are not a lot of games for me that make me want to immediately go like read about it and i'm trying so hard to not do it yeah because i don't want to be spoiled i don't want to be spoiled constantly I'm constantly thinking about it, though. I'm like, what is going to go on and what's going to happen? And I'm really excited for the rest. I uh, think that I'm going to probably let Chris pick up the next chapter because he wants to play a little bit. He hasn't got to play it. I wish DK wanted to play it. I would just give him the controller and watch. (laughs) I I was just like, uh, he can play the next couple chapters and then I'll pick it back up. I was kind of going to ask him if he just wanted to keep playing in the scary underground New York tunnels of... Uh, Alan and then I can play Saga and then it'll be fine um, but I, I'm really looking forward to the rest of it I'm excited so far yeah me too okay my my wrap-up thoughts are super similar so I mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying it my only complaint is just the navigation in the dark area I, I'm it's just bad for me it's not good for me yeah it's yeah. <laughs> I'm not having a good time with that aspect of it it's <laughs> it's more just like a slog and I think like when something is a slog it's hard for me to yeah continue to do it um mm-hmm. but yeah i'm just getting turned around so easily that yeah mm-hmm. it's just a little bit but the storytelling has been so cool and i'm really excited to see where it goes um yeah 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 cool cool no ratings today you'll get those later yeah when we finish it so yeah. the plan is we are going to do Alan Wake Part 2 probably early December because Bridget and I mm-hmm. had a really fun idea for yes. Nostalgia November. And the yes. next couple episodes of November are going to be playing games that we played in our childhood. So to mm-hmm. kick off Nostalgia November, we are going to be playing mm-hmm. one of my picks and one of Bridget's picks. And my pick is Backyard Baseball, and Bridget's pick is Secret Agent Barbie. So we will be talking about those two games in our next episode. Yay! I'm really excited about it. I I am so excited. I have not played this game in so long. I hope my computer can still run it. Can it run 2001 games? We're going to find out. 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 Okay, well, let me really quickly close out. Um, thank you for listening to yeah. our podcast. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe and rate it. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Batty Breakdowns and visit our website, battybreakdowns.com, made by Bridget. The podcast art was done by Tanisha Vernicar, and the podcast was edited by me, Maddie. Join us next time to hear us two baddies break down Backyard Baseball and Secret Agent Barbie. Bye. Bye. Bye.